Hello everyone, my name is Joshua Gilliland, one half of the Legal Geeks. With me today is New York State Judge Matthew Sherino. Judge, how are you? I am good, thank you. Excellent. And also with us is New York City political consultant and novelist Jerry O'Brien. Jerry, how are you? I'm good. Hey guys, how are you? Hey Jerry. Excellent. Well, we've all had time to enjoy Daredevil. I've watched some of the episodes three times going through and, and enjoying it. And uh, since we're now past any spoilers for people who haven't seen it, wanted to do a podcast talking about Daredevil. Your Honor, turning to you and your knowledge, let's look at the villain Wilson Fisk. What, do you, what are some of the crimes he engaged in throughout the series? It'll probably be a shorter list as to what crimes he did not engage in. Uh, but he, he was very heavily involved in uh, a drug cartel uh, and, and making sure that the, uh, the product through various associates made it to the, the streets. Um, and, and he was clearly a, a RICO business enterprise type of villain uh, in that he was uh, in, in charge of basically grabbing property for as cheap as he could to turn it into his vision uh, for the city and anything that or anyone that stand stood in his way he would take down whether that be through murder or actually through the use of various legal proceedings to get people evicted from homes so that he could uh, take their homes through eminent domain and other things. He had friends in City Hall. Uh, he had the police on his payroll. Uh, and he very well controlled that area of Hell's Kitchen in New York. Um, and he wanted his vision uh, to come forth no matter who stood in his way. Yeah, It's a long list. It, it is a very long list of wrongs. Jerry, let's turn to you and your expert knowledge of New York politics and history and talk about Bill Fisk's, what appeared to be the 1970s City Hall campaign and, and get your thoughts on how accurate that campaign looked. Uh, actually, it looked pretty good. I, I saw earlier today, I found a photo online of Bill Fisk, uh, the Kingpin's dad, holding up one of his campaign posters. And while not perfect, it is closer to what a real campaign poster would look like as opposed to what you normally see on television and in movies, which is a lot of red, white, and blue and bunting and things like that. This was actually a pretty professional looking campaign poster. And we didn't really see a lot about his father vis-a-vis -vis his city council campaign, which I'm thinking was either somewhere between 1977 to 1981. That seems that it would fit given uh, Wilson Fisk's age. Um, but it looked good, and the show itself is, a, visually at least, a fairly accurate look at Hell's Kitchen prior to Giuliani becoming mayor in 1993. It, you know, it really was a, a rough-and-tumble neighborhood. In fact, uh, something I don't think that Daredevil has really ever talked about, one of the more prominent street gangs, the Westies, owned that neighborhood. It was an irish control gang. And... Um, they owned that neighborhood up until the early 1990s when Giuliani's prosecutorial work and that of other prosecutors put the, finally put them out of business. That's 
everything that you just touched on with the look and feel, let's get into the show itself now that we've laid the foundation with you know, kind of the, the tone of it, since it does look like that pre-Giuliani New York City. What did you both think of the show itself? And, you know, Your Honor, uh, your thoughts. Well, I, I especially like the way it tied itself in with the rest of the Marvel Universe. You know, it takes place after the incident, uh, which is basically uh, uh, the Captain America movie and, 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 and the, the Avengers movie and, and, and dealing with all of the things that went on there. So we had the damage that was done to the city and the distress to that particular area as the beginning portion of the show. And then here comes Matt Murdock. Uh, and, 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 and Foggy, and, and, and they're going to take on the big bad city by uh, using their legal knowledge and their smarts to, to do so. And it's, it's a great story. Plus, I'm a little bit partial to any lawyer named Matthew. So he's already a favorite of mine from the get-go uh, because, you know, he, 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 he has a great story. He's a very likable type of person. He's really trying to do good. That being said, he is quite the vigilante. It's hard not to like the, the lawyer superhero. At least lawyers feel that way. Uh, Jerry, your thoughts on the show? Spectacular. I mean, Marvel really raised the bar on this one. It's been such a great year for comic book TV series with you know, the premiere of The Flash, which is a very different show. It's a much lighter show, both in terms of... of uh, the colors and also the mood, but Daredevil really is a very sophisticated, savvy adult TV show that just happens to be about superheroes. You know, with a little bit of a twist, this is not that far removed from The Wire or any other adult drama about crime, law, and gangs in the big city. I, I agree strongly with both of you. you know, I, I watched with a uh, I had a friend who was in town uh, from England, and so she hadn't seen it yet. So made her watch you know, nearly all of it before, before she had to leave. And, you know, she joked, so can you do those things? It's like, no, uh, it's, it's, I, I, I'm not a ninja. Uh, I'm a good lawyer, but I'm not a ninja. That being said, for some unrealistic expectations for attorneys, I love the direction, the lighting, the tone, the feel. Uh, the camera angles were impressive. The attention to detail, because from where he got for hurt in the first episode, you see him favoring his side in the second, uh, where he took a hit. And that goes throughout the entire series with that level of detail to him placing his hand on parts of his body that he got hurt like two episodes before. So that was impressive. Yeah, it was, it was a, you know, it's quite a dark series uh but at the same time the the acting is is spectacular uh you know De deborah ann wall as 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 page is great uh, vinnie d'onofrio is just an amazing amazing actor and his his he really captured wilson fisk perfectly and, and the and the rest of the cast is is just spectacular i mean it it's really a great show because the actors and the actresses bring what is obviously really well-written scripts to life. And it, it, is, it is done incredibly well. It, it's one of the best uh, superhero shows. And he's not a, you know, an invulnerable superhero. He really takes a beating 
in almost every episode. And as you said, you, you could see the compounding of that beating. And, and with all of that, you got one of the, the, the best actresses as his personal physician. Uh, you know, Rosario Dawson is, is, is great as, as Claire. And, you know, she really, you could see that love that she's feeling for him and, and does a great job of piecing him together every time that he gets beaten up. But you can see that. I mean, you really see him take a licking. And, and, and the rest of the, the fighting and, and, and the, the murders that happen are, are quite good. Um, we've, we've had discussions before. They don't exactly get all of the New York law right. Uh, and that's because they're in a rush for time to some extent. You know, you're not going to see a, a murder trial from the point of the murder to the actual testimony basically happening in a three-day period um, in real life is not going to happen. But, you know, stories have always taken that liberty in in, in compressing the legal process to as short a period of time as can be because they want it to fit in. But they they still are getting the the terms that, you know, they're calling it arraignment. They're citing the right statutes, even if they're not getting them 100% right. They're at least getting enough of a feel for what is the legal process so that it, it, it airs some credence to it. And it does um, to the non-lawyer that's watching the show. They're going to think, oh, wow, they actually are getting that legal stuff right. That could be dangerous, maybe. But, you know, it's, it's, it's close enough for a television show. Uh, uh, Jerry, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, the, the combination of, of superb acting, and I've been a, a fan of Charlie Cox since I first saw him in the film version of Neil Gaiman's Stardust uh, and later on uh, Boardwalk Empire. It was terrific. And Vinny D'Onofrio, I don't know if you guys remember, but he was one of the stars of Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket. And uh, a little known fact, if you've ever seen the Tim Burton movie Ed Wood, uh, D'Onofrio does a cameo of Orson Welles that is just spooky good. He's only on screen for a minute or two, but I mean, it's he's so good, it's eerie. And you've got these two powerhouse actors, plus you've got this great design. I mean, the look and feel of this show from the opening credits, it, it's a masterpiece. It's such a visually stimulating, well-acted, well-plotted show. You know, my wife is annoyed when I'm watching TV with her because I can usually spot the plot twist a mile in advance. And when the bad guy walks onto a screen in the first scene, I'll give her the elbow and say, that's who it is. This show surprised me at any number of points. And that makes it a lot of fun. The tone that they had with Daredevil, uh, like in the opening moments, the, the confession scene, I thought was superb seeking you know forgiveness for something he was going to do and it was nothing but building connection with matt murdoch as he expressed his uh, feelings to his priest about what was going to happen and then launching into stopping a human trafficking uh crime with shipping women on a shipping container in the dark with a bucket. I'm like, it's just like, wow. Which, which is actually a, a, a real case. I mean, they're, they're, they, they did make a, you know, a, a finding of uh, women in, in some of these shipping containers in New York um, now a few years ago. But, but that was really a way that they were shipping in 
and probably still are, uh, women for the trafficking trade. And uh, it, it is not out of the realm of, of possibility that it's still going on. It's, it's an evil abomination, and showing someone stopping it was a good thing. Uh, they did it well. The, one of the things that really had me was the, uh, you know, the episode Cut Man, the second episode, where we have most of it is him after being beaten to hell and the night nurse putting him back together. But that last fight in the hallway done wow. in one cut, superb. I'm like, that's, that's an extremely high bar. S.H.I.E.L.D. tried it in one of the later episodes where they do the assault on the Hydra base where Sky kicks a lot of butt uh, all in one take. And it's like, cool, but it's such a high bar. Yeah, that that scene really is one of the standouts of the series. It's just so well done. And the great part about it is, we've talked about before, is you see the repercussions of that kind of violence. They've touched on that in a couple of the Batman films by Christopher Nolan. But this is the first time you really see the wear and tear on a street-level superhero. Yeah, so heroes are defined by their villain. And... Daredevil is defined by Kingpin Wilson Fisk. Let's, I want to get into how Fisk is completely unique and different than villains such as the Red Skull, Loki, Ronan, and Ultron because of, of his intent. Uh, you know, we have the city deserves a better tomorrow. I wanted to make the city a better place. I mean, that's different than all the other bad guys that we've seen. Yeah, Fisk is clearly, you know, a the ends justify the means uh, taken to its uh, 10th degree. Uh, he, he firmly believes that what he is doing is for a greater vision of the city. Uh, his, I don't want to say his heart is in the right place, but his, his vision uh, is, is what he so strongly believes in that nothing can get in the way of, of that vision. And he's clearly highly, highly intelligent. He has no superpowers. He's just uh, very, very strong and, and, and willing to, to do whatever it takes to get his vision brought to fruition. And he is able to get others to, to buy into uh, his position. And he's clearly made a lot of money. Uh, and he's using that money to make even more money. Uh, and and to fuel his 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 empire, and he's willing to have a criminal empire to fuel his vision and his empire. Again, just you know, to to uh, it doesn't matter how he's going to get that vision accomplished as long as he gets that vision accomplished. And the other thing is, he, un, unlike most other comic book supervillains in film and television, he's incredibly smart. The idea that he is intentionally remaining anonymous so far into the series and only steps into the public view because it suits him and is to his advantage is just brilliant. Plus, this is the only scheme of a supervillain that has any real, any reality to it, any basis to it in the real world since probably the original Superman film with Christopher Reeve where Lex Luthor had a plan that was real estate oriented, but you know, soaring half of California off into the ocean is not really a realistic approach to things. 
what Wilson Fisk is doing here, driving real estate prices up, moving tenants out, taking over buildings, and basically gentrifying a neighborhood, that's something that happens in the real world. Yeah, his key superpower is redevelopment. It's and exploiting government contracts and money coming in after the uh, Shatari evasion. It's like, wow, that's it's completely different because you know, Red Skull genocide, Ronan genocide of Xandar, Ultron genocide again, Loki, uh, you know, wants a war to be in charge, which not quite genocide, but subjugation of the human race. Fisk is completely different than all the other bad guys they've had so far. He wants money, power, and in his own twisted way, he wants the same thing that Daredevil does, which is to save his community. Strange way of doing it, but, you know. Well, it's part of it what makes it very compelling because it's different no, it's not just a criminal empire. Like, we have gangster stories. This is beyond that. This is urban renewal with crime to fund it. It's, it's different. Well, let's, let's turn away from Fisk and look at part of the other reality. So we, we have Foggy and Matt, who are young lawyers, fresh out of law school and just passed the bar opening a law office, which is not easy. You know, you know, Judge Sherino, your thoughts on the perspective of young attorney and, and what it takes to, to hang out a shingle? Well, first of all, you have two probably top of their class or close to it uh, attorneys. Um, and both of them recruited and worked at you know, the, the big firm uh, over the summer and that they had job offers from this big mega firm, who also happens to be one of the firms that Wilson Fisk is using to uh, assist in his redevelopment by evicting uh, poor people from their, their, their homes so that they can build much more expensive homes in this area. Um, and they choose to lay that aside to open up their own firm. And not just open up their own firm that's going to be dealing with you know, contracts and business, they're going to open up basically a, a criminal defense firm uh, in order to, to take the cases of the downtrodden and those that probably couldn't even afford uh, to hire the big firm that they uh, said that they weren't going to take the job from. So on, on many levels, it's, it's, it's an incredibly difficult thing. It's not like they're known in the area that they would have uh, the rain-making abilities to get clients. And as anyone knows, you know, opening up a law firm is, is, is a lot of cost. I mean, you got to pay your rent. You got to pay your electricity. Uh, you usually have to pay your secretary. You usually don't get an incredibly attractive secretary that walks in your door and says, I'll work for you for free as a thank you. Um, so there's a lot of things that you have to do. So it means right away you have to get cases to start generating revenue uh, so that you can keep your lights on. Uh, and because if your lights don't go on, it's very tough to do your legal research. Unless you want to run your law practice out of, of a car like uh, Matthew McConaughey did in The Lincoln Lawyer. <laughs> uh, and, and also uh, Saul, 
to some extent in, in, in Better Call Saul, also a great, great show. Yeah. Uh, the, the prequel to Breaking Bad. He was running his office out of the back of a nail salon and in his office and in and his car. Uh, so it can be done, uh, but it's it's not necessarily the the way you want to do things. And 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 Foggy and, and Matt, you know, they really want to use the law for good. You know, they're that idealistic lawyer that stayed that way. Law school did not change them um, from being the people that still that want to use the law for good. And there's a lot of people like that in the world. You know, I, I see a lot of public defenders every day that, you know, it, it's more about what they perceive as doing good for the criminal justice system than anything else. They could, a lot of them have, could make a lot more money out of, you know, working for some of the public defenders there, but they really choose what is a calling to them and they do an incredible job with it. Same and, with prosecutors. And they were able to walk away from the extremely well-paying job at the high powered law firm after a few months, knowing that it was going to be a lot tougher road to hoe going it on their own. They did it anyway. You know, so great use of, of that knowledge of the law and, and working as an attorney to move their characters along as well. And I just have to say, I just love the idea of Murdoch and Nelson avocado at law. It's just, it's perfect. Yeah. I, I found it endearing as an attorney because it, it is a positive depiction of the practice. They represent a lot of the heart of the practice of law and why people become lawyers. And that is really nice. We are, we being attorneys are depicted in a positive light, except for the evil mega firm that probably also represents whaling companies on the side, just like they represented pure evil. Uh, But despite from in heart. Yeah. Despite the fact that there, there are lawyers like that who exist, there are a lot of good people. And this show really does focus on the good attorneys who do their best to help others. Uh, The idea of, you know, of, Lawyers making sure that someone who's living in a slum lord's uh, apartment complex is going to get the the walls uh, drywalled and plumbing fixed. It's like I see that sort of thing uh, happening, you know, by the attorneys who really do care about their clients who are going through something horrible. So I, I found that re- really, really affirming about the show. That being said, let's you know, Rabin in the snowstorm. Uh, while I loved uh, Murdoch's closing argument, I thought that was well done. Uh, procedurally, they had a couple things wrong. I mean, like it was the right statute, but burden of proof is still on the defense for proving uh, that uh, it was self-defense. I mean, little things like that. And normally the defendant would have to testify to, to get a state of mind in. But, I mean, that's minor. Uh, it's truly minor in comparison. Well, let's, let's turn to, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about what we've enjoyed about the show, but let's get into, you know, uh, you know, your honor, the lawyer who acts as a vigilante, what problems do you see with that? He, he, he is committing crimes. I mean, he's not allowed to go beat up the defendant who he just represented and got off. Uh, clearly would be a lot of ethical violations there. And, and lawyers cannot, you know, take the law into their own hands. So if, if he's 
convicted of any of these crimes, he would lose his, his law license. Uh, so there, there are some, you know, ethical issues with, with Matt's performance. Um, and uh, he would, you know, if ever caught, just like any other vigilante, he would probably, you know, have to do some time. Now, granted, the same jury system that he is very good at uh, being a defense attorney in front of would probably be, you know, a little bit favorable towards what he is doing. And maybe he wouldn't be convicted for some of the crimes that he did. Uh, Irrespective of that, I would say that the ethical tribunals, which even though with a a crime, you're automatically, uh, for a felony, you're automatically disbarred um, for something less than a felony, those ethical groups could still uh, decide to disbar him for acting the way he, he, he does. Um, and, and he clearly cannot ever be outed as, as being Matt as far as the, uh, the bar associations would be concerned. Yeah, there's one of the things I thought about, because I, I thought about exactly those, those issues before the show started. And with John Healy, you know, the defendant they, they got off, he does beat the crap out of him afterwards, and Healy commits suicide. And, and tortures him to get yeah. information. So it's, it's even more than just beating him up. Yeah. And, yeah, and he tortures a couple, at least one other person in the uh, Cutman episode with, uh, uh, you know, using the knife to, to cut into a nerve to, and then throwing the guy off the building into the trash. So minus that, most of the crimes he's committing, I do think would fall under the defense of others, uh, you know, uh, standard. Now, granted, we still don't want people dressing up fighting crime, but the other things, he, he never kills anyone. And he normally is rushing to save those in need. Uh, but the, the torture issue, I mean, like, that's a big one. It, it's tough to get around that. But uh, th- that trial would probably end with an acquittal. Including uh, using a doctor and all of her various oaths to assist in that torture. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not good. Not good for the night nurse. Well, with that being said, uh, what are your final thoughts on, on Daredevil and looking ahead to season two with the Punisher? And, and Jerry, why don't you lead this off for us? Well, I like the idea of them bringing the Punisher in because I think what they'll do by contrasting the Punisher and Daredevil, it will ameliorate some of Daredevil's more violent tendencies and make him look kind of more heroic because the Punisher is a a much more violent and shall we say permanent solution, is a much more permanent solution to violent crime than Daredevil does. Daredevil may beat people up. He might even torture them. The Punisher kills them. And that's a, a line that Daredevil hasn't crossed yet. And I think the contrast between the two of them will serve to burnish Daredevil's image and, um, you know, certify him clearly as a hero. Uh, And then down the road, I think we'll probably see a certain Greek female uh, character come into play. And and that will add another dimension as well. Uh, uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, the new showrunner, the new showrunners are going to do with the series. Because the first season... They really knocked it out of the park. It will also be fun to see how they work Daredevil into the Jessica Jones show, which they've been shooting in New York the past two months. Yeah, I 
so they set a high bar. I actually think it's a good thing. As much as I like Steve tonight's work, I actually think it's helpful that he's moved on to another project. So he's not competing with himself on yeah. trying to, trying to top himself that they have you know a fresh team in that's successful with other projects. And now it's their turn to come up with something that will be compelling and engaging uh, they still have the same great actors, and I'm sure most of the writers will will be the same. But having that new blood after doing, you know, after a really intense project, probably would be healthy in a change of administration. So that actually, I think, will help them with the second season. Yeah, and I'm I'm watching it from a very fresh perspective in that. I was always a DC comics guy and, uh, and stuff and have been suffering for years with the DC movies, but the, 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 I don't know what the Marvel stories will bring. I mean, I've never read, uh, more than maybe two or three daredevil, uh, comic books. And I couldn't even tell you the storyline, but I've clearly come to believe in the depth of the source material in the Marvel universe and that the writers have a love for that source material and give it the, the, the honor and the umbrage that it deserves because um, they really have been from all of the people I know that are real Marvel devotees that they're bringing those stories to life. And, and, and they really are people who, who kind of love those stories. So it, it's, it's very interesting to see. And I, I likewise agree that it's smarter with a new team. They know where that bar is. I think they, clearly want to go over that bar and that's their goal and with these actors and if it's very good scripts as i anticipate the second season is going to be incredible I mean, it's going to be a very a very long night when that second season comes out yeah when this yeah. when this baby came live i i promised myself i would just watch one and so I just watched <laughs> so at 1201 I just watched the first one and when it was in awe of it and then I went to bed I, I didn't stay up all night there were people who did that they binged watch all night long but I, I just watched the one uh, and binge watched over the weekend so it was a, it was a few each day but it, it, it was incredible I my only wish for season two is if they need opposing counsel sitting at and you know in trial I, I can be available uh, I, I, I have my own bow ties and everything. So I'm, I'm available for any cases they want me to preside over as well. <laughs> yeah. So, and if any of the characters decide to run for the city council in Hell's Kitchen, I'm there. <laughs> so if you need us, Marvel Studios, we are available and willing. Go to New York on my own dime. Totally happy to do that. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, Judge Reno and Jerry, thank you both for your time. And everyone... Stay geeky, America. Stay geeky.